everyone, and welcome to the Freeman Means Business Podcast. This is our Wonder Women in Business podcast. We host two separate podcasts, and this particular podcast uh, gives a voice to women all over the world who have a meaningful story to share. Today, our guest is Jody Baker of Zakia Technologies. Welcome, Jody. Thank you, Susan. I'm very excited to be here. Well, Jody, tell me a little bit about yourself, your background, what you do, your occupation, education, perhaps your family. Yes, well, uh, perhaps I'll start with the family because they're, of course, the most important. I um, have a, a lovely husband who I've been married to for 20 odd years, and I have two children a son who is 14 and a half, and a daughter who is uh, 12 in two weeks' time. And uh, I live close to Melbourne, Australia. And, uh, and live uh, and work uh, from home. Oh, sorry, of course I live at home, but I work from home much of the time. I have a home office, which is where I'm speaking to you from at the moment. It is bright and early in the morning here. It's five o'clock or just after five o'clock a.m. And, uh, and in the height of summer, so it's very warm here. Uh, it is, um, I guess my background professionally started as a lawyer. I was a lawyer in a private practice firm and uh, I did that for a way that I usually describe that is that I worked for three billable units before I worked out that that was the wrong place for me to be, but I did stay a little longer than that. And then, uh, and then worked, uh, worked in the in-house legal space for a couple of years after that. Um, I was working in-house at a, a firm that was in the investment banking space, stockbroking and investment banking space. It was the firm that was ultimately acquired by Goldman Sachs and became Goldman Sachs Australia. Um, I was working as a financial analyst, which was a complete shift from what I had studied at university. Uh, and it was a complete shift from the, the type of work that I was doing. So I had to retrain. It was an incredibly exciting, stimulating, interesting role. I got to work with really fabulous people, uh, but very, very demanding, long hours, lots of travel, definitely pre-kids sort of a role. Uh, so when I had my first child, I uh, really uh, decided that that wasn't quite the right fit for me. And I had been moved into a role subsequent to having children that was less high profile, uh, less high potential, less well paid. And, uh, and so I, when I got pregnant with my second child, I resigned from there and, uh, and joined up with a firm um, that was a breakaway from, from the Goldman Sachs group and starting a, a completely new business. Um, it was uh, all men and, uh, and they were um, very accommodating for my desire for flexibility uh, and really um, supportive of, of me being able to dictate uh, what was going to be most suitable to me and my family, but obviously also useful to them in terms of driving their new business. Um, when my husband's role took us to Kansas City, USA, I was able to work completely remotely uh, from the US to Australia for two and a half years. And uh, I had very small children at the time and was absolutely gobsmacked by just how effective it was to be able to work so flexibly, both in terms of time zones and location. And, uh, and I really felt a great passion for the fact that I really wanted um, really wanted that to be rolled out in industry after industry for women in their 30s who really struggle with that hideous uh, period when you're trying to juggle so many balls in the air and you really don't know how it's all going to come together. 
So I have to say, um, first of all, I love your accent. I'm sure you hear that all the time um, from folks in the U.S. at least. And then secondly, I love your use of the word gobsmacked. <laughs> so thank <laughs> That's wonderful. So thanks so much for promoting working from home. I know as a CEO, you allow for that in your company, and I think it's fantastic. So many of us who were career women at, um, during our childbearing years really sought that out, and it wasn't available to us. I know I'm 52, and that wasn't very common uh, when I was active in my career while having my son, James. So I think it's fantastic that you do that now. Uh, and that the people who work with you are allowed to do that as well. Tell me a little bit about your proudest professional accomplishment, because what you've said, it sounds like you've had a number of great opportunities and certainly working with high profile financial services and legal as well. Well, actually, I, I mean, the, the continuation of the story, I guess, is that after being in the US, I had looked around and seen that in the legal industry, there was quite a lot of progress being made around things like virtual firms, uh, and similarly in the UK. And so when I came back to Australia, um, I started a law firm, so had had been out of the legal industry for much more than a decade. And, uh, and I looked around and nothing similar was being done here in Australia. So uh, my, my proudest um, achievement, I think, on the professional front comes in the form of the firm. It was my very first startup, but the firm that I created, which was called Hive Legal, which was designed to allow people to work whenever and wherever they found uh, themselves most productive. And so there was no time recording. There was no presenteeism. Uh, the name was not an accident. The idea was that we had an office that people could work from if they wanted to, but were not obliged to, and they could come and go like busy bees, uh, coming back to the hive at the appropriate time. And, uh, and that was, that was uh, really my contribution to saying this can be done differently and still be um, as productive and the work doesn't need to be low end, low strategic value, low complexity, um, not very stimulating or interesting for the women. It can be whatever uh, work needs to be done. These are, these are super smart people who really want to stay connected and have something really meaningful to offer, but we just need to change the way that we offer it. So uh, we got that firm off the ground in 2012. Uh, so it, it turns five in, in just a few weeks time. And, uh, and it has had, I think, an enormous impact on um, the way that uh, not just Hive and all of the people who work within it, both women and men, uh, but all of their families and even right across the industry. We've got a lot of um, traction here in, in the Australian media uh, and really a lot of other firms um, subsequent to that have been, uh, have been built on the back of that same model. And that's not to say that wouldn't have happened anyway because those trends were, were coming from uh, from your side of the Pacific, but uh, it was certainly something that had a big impact here at the time. So I was very, in terms of the impact on other people's lives, I was very, very proud of what we were able to get off the ground. Um, My jaw is to the floor. I have to say I'm jaw dropped. That is incredible. So innovative. I don't know. So I, I have in, in my history historically worked for extremely conservative um, old school type firms, some of the best, but nonetheless, I don't think they would even consider such a forward thinking uh, process. And I think that's fantastic that you um, are engaged in that and affording others the opportunity to, you know, be their highest and best. And that might mean working from home or on the road or that's just fantastic. I'm so impressed. Go on. 
Oh, oh, the question I was asking you is, are you gobsmacked? <laughs> yes, <laughs> I believe I'm gobsmacked. Jaw-dropped, gobsmacked. <laughs> or as they say uh, in the South here, um, I look like a deer in headlights. <laughs> this is fantastic you were look i have to tell you that this kind of podcast we have is very conversational i want to say that you blew me away the day that i met you you're just charming delightful brilliant your ideas are un, you know very very um innovative undone before you know so unique and and forward-thinking uh, but this, this is also, it just adds more, it's like the cherry on top. Wonderful, wonderful that you do this. I, I didn't realize that about Hive. So fantastic. Tell me well, more. That was startup number one. Startup number two is, is probably up there for uh, my proudest accomplishment in terms of the business that I've built. And so uh, it's a technology company. We service in-house legal teams uh, with a piece of software that, uh, that is a matter management system and, and legal data analytics. It was born out of Hive. So once Hive was up and running and, uh, and really doing very well, uh, we started to look around and uh, think about what technology tools and what pieces of innovation we could introduce into the market uh, and I won't I won't do a hard sell on the the Zakia front but I do not come from a technology background and so I've had to go on the last two and a half years I've had to go on a journey of understanding the technology world and building a business um, that really uh, creates something totally different to a professional services firm uh, and again you know trying to to accomplish some of the other personal things like being able to um, afford the flexibility for my team, we're now very global. So we have a team in the US based in Kansas City, uh, of course, and, uh, and in Australia here, we're about to kick off in the UK. Um, so running a global company, a technology company, has been a, a huge challenge, uh, but one that I've really thoroughly enjoyed. It's been fantastic, but I'm very, very proud of how far we've come in just two and a half years. I am so impressed. So folks, I met Jody um, at an event here in the US in San Francisco. I was blown away by the technology. Her content was amazing. Her delivery was quite compelling and engaging. Um, and then I got to know her personally. I had no idea of all this background and I am so impressed. I make it a point not to uh, you know, study up too hard on the guests so that I can get to know them as you get to know them on the podcast. This is amazing. You inspire me. Um, so let's, let's ask who, who inspires you? So that's a really interesting question. Um, one of the things that I think I've found a little bit tricky is to find a role model right through my career. I found it hard to find role models that I say that is exactly what I want to be. So when I kicked off in a private practice firm, I worked with all men. I looked at all of these people who were partners of their firms and it didn't look like the life that I wanted to lead 20 years from, from that point. Um, and I've, I've found that right through my career. I haven't sort of got to the point where I've said, gee, that person is who I aspire to be. That said, um, you know, there are pieces of every single person you work with that inspire you in a different way. I remember being 25 and working, uh, going in-house, and the woman who was um, the head of our department, she was the GC, was just, you know, this, this complete um, barrel of laughs. She was always laughing. She was always having fun. Uh, she was 
absolutely scary as anything. I mean, she, she used to just make me sit and quiver in my chair sometimes because she was just this huge personality, but she knew how to really enjoy what she was doing and the journey. And she was a role model for showing me that it was okay to laugh at work and not be serious all the time. Um, there was a, 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 one of my fellow entrepreneurs in the, um, in the Hive legal space was somebody who taught me that it was okay to make decisions and that they weren't always going to be popular, that it was okay to not be liked for everything that you do. Uh, and those two things coming together. But I find myself still now looking around for that next piece. I'm reading Michelle Obama's uh, book at the moment and I'm just loving her honesty and her story around the um, not living in the shadow of a husband who is clearly so incredibly intelligent and, and has this very high profile uh, role in the world, not just in, in the US, and uh, and that she still wants her own life and her own voice and has her own goals. And, uh, you know, I have a husband with a, a high-profile role and, and in a very similar way, um, I'm looking at just the little pieces for me, the role models who inspire me to pick up on the, the pieces that I'm struggling with at the time, perhaps. Um, so that's that's been really, um, really beneficial to have that perspective of I'm not trying to emulate any one person and maybe that's been more of a recent phenomenon but I'm not trying to look for a single role model but a little piece from everybody that I can piece together and and make my own combination that feels authentic for the, for me sorry <clears throat> I love that I love that so um I don't usually I, I in fact I've never gotten that answer and that is probably the best answer if we look for the best in everyone we can garner insights and gather you know, motivation, inspiration, and, you know, great advice from a number of people we come across in our lives, even those we haven't yet met, maybe those we read about. Um, I have had the fortune to meet both President Obama and his amazing uh, wife, Michelle, or I should say, I've had the fortune to meet Michelle Obama and her amazing husband, Barack. Um, but they're fantastic people. And I have her book right here on my desk as we are speaking. Um, Jody, I would add you to the list of people who inspire me now that I'm looking that, at, at it from the lens that you just created. Uh, you know, who in your life has inspired you? Well, so many people and you're on that list. This is, you have such a great story. Um, I personally believe in lifting women up. We, we have had it harder. Even those women who don't believe that women have had it harder, they just don't know. They have, women have had it harder. So I'm doing my best to lift women up and to create equity in the workplace. That said, how would you advise other women to support women in business? So this is a really interesting question for me, and I've got two parts to this answer. The first is that I think that um, constantly promoting in the way that you do, Susan, because you're inspirational in the way that you make this your business. This is, this is a mission for you. And I, I think that for many of us, it's a, I don't want to say sideshow because that trivializes how important it is, but it's not our main game. Given that it's not our main game, there is there is so much that can be done. I think that what women can do is um, buy from other women. And I don't just mean go and buy a piece of software like Azaki. I mean, go and when you're procuring services like legal services or financial services or anything um, out in the world, 
go and find the woman. And if you can't find the woman or you've been referred to a man, then make sure you say to that man, I want a woman on this, on this file. I want somebody there that's going to make sure that she is being given an opportunity to learn new things, to be on high profile cases, to be exposed to a, a room full of um, smart people who they, she can learn from. And that might be all men, but she's not going to learn uh, if she doesn't get given the opportunity and she doesn't get to be one of those people in the room. And when we're procuring those services, we can insist that there is a woman on the file, that even if that's the most junior person on the file, let's make sure that we're giving her the opportunity to learn through that process. So procuring from women or making sure that women are part of our procurement process, I think is really, really important. Um, that's fantastic. That's great. So I have been very involved in um, Lean In. So I'm a Lean In Circle leader. Yes. I know that there's been some news about um, that late, lately, whether, you know, you're a Sheryl Sandberg fan or not. I am. I have to give her kudos for uh, making the leap. Uh, and I'll say this. Over the last four or five years, we've done a lot with diversity and inclusion. We've focused a lot of time, money, and attention and effort on diversity and inclusion. But for what? There have been very few meaningful results. So it's much of what you say. Um, we find the websites and the brochures look nice and diverse. But who's actually doing the work or getting paid for the, the heavy lifting or the serious case or the more meaningful work? Um, look behind the curtain and you'll see that um, the results are not what we had hoped. So that is why my mission is achieving equity in the workplace. So I love that you said that, that you're, you're advising the listeners, you know, check out who's on the board, check out who assigns the work, check out who does the work, um, buy from women. I love that. That's fantastic. Um, well, as a really great entrepreneur and a very innovative thinker and business leader and woman in business. Tell me what your biggest challenge or setback has been and how did you overcome that? So my biggest challenge is ongoing and I have not overcome it. Um, it is definitely the balance between work and home. I, um, I am ambitious. I have about a dozen ideas every single day. I work incredibly hard. I have lots of, I have a huge vision of things that I want to do, but I also have a husband who travels a lot, uh, who has a, a pretty big job himself. And the reality of two careers in one house is, is a huge challenge for us. Uh, and our children have passed the stage of needing somebody to change their diapers or get them off to school. They can walk to school and, and they're pretty self-sufficient, but I, I still want to be involved. I want to be here. Um, in their lives and I want to be uh, attentive to what they're, they're doing in their every day so that I can be sharing that with them. And I also struggle with how those two things come together because I also have friends with sick parents and siblings with new jobs and all sorts of other life challenges and the reality no matter how organized I am, no matter how hard I work, something has to give. And I really, I don't, I don't have any answers on that front. It's a, it's a constant battle to stay head above the water and still find myself in amongst all of that noise, um, being able to achieve the goals that I have without sacrificing uh, all of the, the other things that are important. And of course, something, something does give every single time. Usually it's, you know, time for me or health or, uh, anything else that 
uh, can possibly go by the wayside does because work and family come first. I love that work and family come first. And I want to say, although I don't have the answer either, uh, you're not alone. So, so many of us suffer that. I, I do think part of the problem is something I reference in my training. It's called muted group theory, where women and other minorities operate within a system that is created by white males. And so it's a little more challenging for us to navigate within that system because they can't relate to our life challenges and vice versa. Um, they, they've created the system in a language they speak and they understand one another. But if you're a mother or a woman or a minority of another uh, type, then you struggle to navigate within that system. So I think that my task in trying to achieve equity in the workplace doesn't come just from lifting women in business. It comes from changing the world. I mean, it's a much bigger mission that I'm on. Um, we have to change the operating system. We have to change the corporate structure, the legal, uh, the law firm structure, the you know engineering firms, all of professional services so that it is a level playing field. Um, so I agree with you, finding work-family balance um, is important and difficult and I don't yet have the answer. I just have taken step one in uh, pinpointing the problem and raising awareness of the problem. So I hope that we can all come together and find an answer and that means uh, major shifts in the corporate world and in the professional services arena is a bigger, a bigger task. So tell me a little something that no one knows about you, something surprising that, you know, we don't know yet or can't read about on your website or in your bio. Susan, before I, before I go on to that, I just wanted to make a comment about, um, about the, the piece that you mentioned about pinpointing the problem and finding the solution. In some ways, my high legal was my attempt to do that, was to, to change things out. And I think that it has definitely shifted a lot of things for a lot of people and, and certainly changed some of the commentary around that. One of the things that I struggle with, though, is that in my own personal life is, and yesterday was a perfect example, where it's the height of summer here, my children are on a school break and they've been on school break for many, many weeks. It feels like forever. Uh, and here I am working from home because I have complete flexibility, uh, but I'm physically present. So they, of course, think that I am emotionally present, that I'm not trying to deal with um, a development release that we're trying to do to our software or a client demand or a, um, a staff member who needs some attention. And so they're asking me questions and making comments and running in and out of my, my office. And it's very difficult to balance um, that level of flexibility with uh, giving both parts of my life enough attention. And so it's not, it's not going to be a straight line. There's nothing linear about getting from this um, male-determined or male-defined workplace that we have had to something that is much more flexible and works for everybody. It's, it's going to be a, a rocky road. I think there's many generations before, maybe never, work, work out exactly how we're going to redefine, redefine this, sorry, <clears throat> excuse me, um, redefine this in a way that will work for um, not just the, the women and the men, but also the children uh, and all of the other parties. It's not just children, of course, it's uh, you know, aging parents and all of the other parts to our lives. So I, I think that it's a challenge that um, we all have to be very vocal about because it's only going to be a global brainstorming that will actually help us to find that solution. I agree. I agree. And I have to say that um, 
you've had the courage to provide a piece of that solution. Um, at some point, you, you might be able to manage quantity or like I say, you, you manage your time, uh, but not quality. Like that's going to be a struggle as well. So you may be able to manage your time, but how are you going to also manage your attention uh, and, and do both of those well? So something has to give. Um, I love that you have attempted to afford a solution to the problem. And I think probably, I'm guessing, the people who work with you at Hive would say you absolutely have provided a solution to that problem. Uh, it is global. Uh, I can only start with this country and I'm making strides. And then uh, I see you're over there in Australia doing same. So together, maybe we can change the world, Jody. So. Um, I love that you've gotten a great head start and I'm so honored to be aligned with you and, and to know you and learn from you. You inspire me every day. Uh, so tell me again, something maybe that I think everything you've told me is a surprising fact about you. I had no idea of um, the complexities and, and the color in your background, if you will. Um, I love it. I love it. Excellent. Well, I'm glad, glad that that's been a surprise. I guess the, uh, the other surprising thing that um, I roll out occasionally in these sorts of conversations is that when, uh, when I am um, looking for some sort of a creative outlet, I like to write. And so I have a novel that I've been working on for a few years now, and uh, it's, never, wow. ever going, it's never going to be published, but it's just for me. I love it. I love that. I love that. So I find writing cathartic. I cannot wait to uh, say I knew her when. Um, so yeah, I hope I get a signed copy and you know, it, this is great. This is great. So I think that's a novel that so many would look forward to reading. So keep up, keep up that good work. That is quite a surprising fact about you. Um, I love writing. I, I find it healing. I find I, I am actually that woman who has a mother. I'm the caretaker for my mother who has Alzheimer's. And I also have a teenage son who's about to graduate and a high profile husband who's extremely busy. So um, you inspire me to be better at all of the above. Well, I'm glad. And I've, uh, as I said, I'm always gobsmacked, Susan, when I hear that. <laughs> And uh, I think that it's just fabulous to be continuously raising up women and, uh, and promoting them right across the globe. And it's certainly a podcast that I'm going to be making sure all of my, uh, we have a group here called Walter, uh, which is Women of Australian Legal Tech. And, uh, and I'll be making sure that all of my lovely Walter women will be aware of uh, Susan Freeman's podcasts from now on. So we'll be spreading the word globally. Great, great. Well, not to pitch my own services, but um, if they're interested in meeting me one-on-one, -on -one, I'd love to go visit in Australia. <laughs> I have a few friends in Melbourne. In fact, there is a San Francisco um, Australian gala that I'm going to on the 19th, and I can't remember the name of the association, but I'll send you that after. I'm sure you'll know a number of the people there. Ooh. But Mike and I are guests of uh, a woman, friend of ours, a businesswoman, friend of ours who lives and works in Melbourne. And I should introduce the two of you. Perhaps you could connect and some good could come of it. Um, let me, before we close, I want to make sure people know more about Zakia, how they can reach you personally if they have questions about your technology or any of the great information you've shared today. Fabulous. Well, thank you. So Zakia is a software for in-house legal teams. Uh, it is used to track 
uh, all of the pieces of work being done by the legal team for better visibility and legal data analytics, so dashboards and, and reports um, for useful decision-making, informed decision-making about resourcing and, uh, and of course, being an optimised and uh, cutting-edge legal team. Um, if people want to so, reach me... So wait, they... I have to ask, before you tell us your contact info, yes. so from what you've described, it sounds like this technology is one of a kind. I've never heard of an in-house department being able to, uh, you know, back up with data how they spend their time and money and effort. So... I'm, I'm gobsmacked again. Uh, <laughs> I'll say, wouldn't it be fantastic for a CEO to get a report on his or her desk, let's say her desk, and yes. um, the in-house counsel or the legal department be able to show how they've spent their time, money, and effort and the relationship that they have with outside counsel and make the most of their time, money, effort and, uh, with those relationships. Is that what I'm understanding? Absolutely. And so one of the lines that I use all the time, Susan, which I think people will appreciate is I was a lawyer who became a financial analyst and I happened to be married to a CFO. So I do know that lawyers talk in beautiful words, but the rest of the world talks in charts and numbers. And so the, the motivator for us was really about building a bridge between the legal world or the legal team inside uh, an in-house team, if you like, uh, from that bridge from, from that team through to the executives, the board, uh, the CEO, the CFO, so that um, they, there was just this clear communication about what it was that uh, the legal team was doing and the value that they were adding to the overall strategic goals of the organisation. So we wanted to be able to see our clients click a button and generate a report instead of going into Excel and struggling through um, perhaps a, an Excel spreadsheet where they're trying to track their pieces of work, turn that into data, turn it into some sort of a chart and then put it into a report. It all just felt very cumbersome and hard. So we decided that we wanted to uh, effectively quantify what that work was and not necessarily in time, but in all sorts of other measures. And so we, we have built this data analytics platform essentially that does two things it, it improves the visibility right across the team so you can see who is working on what and for whom but also wow. reports. I'm gobsmacked again I've never heard of anything like this I think that so so I know a lot of general counsels and I, I see application for this um, have you ever I don't know if you do this perhaps you do but have you ever thought about how this would work in um, municipalities or you know outside of like for perhaps those law firms that do work for government or, you know, outside of just the general counsel group. I've never even heard of something like this. I think my GC friends would be blown away if they could click a button, create a report, share it with the CEO, the CFO and others at their, in their C-suite of how, like to, to quantify or data backed relationships with what they do day to day and, and, and with outside counsel. Have you ever thought of doing this with um, municipalities or, or governments or? Yes, yeah, absolutely. So we have government clients here in Australia, uh, we have municipalities in the US uh, and, and continuing to grow. Remembering that we've only been in the US for, <coughs> sorry, early morning, I should have had a glass of water before we started. Uh, we only started in the US just over a year ago. So it's, um, it's certainly quite new, but we are getting quite a lot of traction in that space. 
That is wonderful. Now, now that I learned more about this, I mean, I knew of Zaki, I did a little bit of research. I don't like to do too much again. I, I like it to be conversational where I unveil new information or discover new things from you. Um, but I had no idea. This is easy to understand the value proposition. Um, so tell me, how can people reach you? So Zakia is spelled a little bit unusually. Zakia is spelled with an X. So it's X-A-K-I-A and it's zakiatech.com. Uh, sorry, it's right. I was just getting my own uh, uh, website address incorrect there for a moment, but it's X-A-K-I-A-T-E-C-H.com, zakiatech.com. And if they want to reach me specifically, it's Jody with an I-E, so J-O-D-I-E dot Baker at zakiatech.com. Well, you have been a fabulous guest. You are amazing. Um, I have ideas on how else we can relate with one another or what more. I, I, I'm per, think, I think I would like to have you speak at one of my events. Um, we'll talk more offline about this, but you are quite inspirational, moving and accomplished and engaging and funny. Um, and the whole, you know, family first thing plays right into what I'm trying to do. Um, so I would love to continue our conversations uh, after this podcast. Folks, um, please look up zakiatech.com, X-A-K-I-A-T-E-C-H.com, and learn more. You'll be gobsmacked, I assure you. Um, <laughs> Jody, thank you for being on the show today. Um, we will put this in the form of a blog, inserting the podcast within the blog for what I call a blogcast. And then I will share this with my followers on social media and you should too. Excellent. Thank you so much for having me, Susan. It's been an absolute pleasure as always. Wonderful. Talk soon. Have a great day, everyone. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.